You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Usually on a Monday, I speak to David Shapiro, and the name of the feature is Shapiro World, but because I took the day off yesterday, lazy slacker that I am, we're going to do it today. <laughs> David Shapiro is from Sasfin, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by sharenet.co.za. David, uh, lots of stuff going on. I think we have to start with politics, yeah. don't you? Because uh, apparently yeah. this evening, yeah. the yeah. cabinet is going to be announced. And the one thing I worry about is that you can reshuffle as much as you like, but it's like rearranging the... The deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. Because yeah. if there's not the talent out there, then how can we possibly get a representative cabinet that is properly going to serve the people of the Republic no. of South Africa? I don't think the talent is there. I, well, I, I don't know if there are going to be any new faces. I think everybody had positioned themselves for something fresh and new. And uh, the fact that it's been delayed, and I'm not sure, you know, you say it's coming out now. Uh, there's a lot of talk that it might be delayed to the weekend, but there could have been posturing because uh, the news that has rocked the RAND and the RAND's at 1462 yeah. has been that uh, David Mabuzu, yeah. um, who's a controversial character at best, uh, is fit and clear to, uh, to take up a position in cabinet. And, you know, he was deputy president. So I think that's created a lot of worries within within circles that perhaps he hasn't, you know, Ramaphosa, hasn't really got the power that everybody thought he would have yeah. to make the necessary reforms. And then you've got the Communist Party that has to be pleased, and you've got the uh, trade unions and all the other uh, factions as well. So I agree with you that the market at least is saying to you this is not going to happen. They call him uh -huh. David the Cat Mabuza, and that's because mm -hmm. he's probably got nine lives. And I've been trying to glean from people exactly what the, the problem was with him, and there are all sorts of allegations of political opponents mysteriously disappearing, which are, were probably scurrilous rumours, uh, probably false, probably mischievous. But on the other hand, uh -huh. he is tainted with corruption and fraud, I think, or allegations mm -hmm. of the latter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, well, exactly. Um, they haven't attempted to, or certainly haven't disclosed to their to the public and to um, onlookers, um, you know, what the allegations are and how far they've gone to to clear his name. And uh, so I, I, I think, uh, it, it, you know, it's a worry. I think there was a lot, perhaps too much optimism that we were going to see dramatic change uh, with his election. And I think as, as we slowly realize uh, or as the market realizes that it's going to take some time, I think, is going to deflate uh, tires or certainly let the helium out of those tires. And that's what's happening at the moment. Lindsay, I think, you know, you know, just, 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 just going ahead. And I mean, we can talk about this is that, um, if you look at the market today, it's up and there's a, there's a belief when commentators or when the media report that, oh, the market managed to hold steady. That discloses or masks what's really happening. And I think underneath, underneath the kind of index movements that we're seeing, there's been a massive sell-off in SA Inc. stocks and uh, particularly in smaller and medium caps yeah. and uh, losing a lot of value and, uh, uh, and, and really shaking uh, investors. I saw a tweet from our friend Wayne McCurry earlier on. He said that uh, South African-linked stocks are down 3%, but that's been made up for by uh, Rand hedge stocks because of the weakness mm. in the Rand that you alluded to earlier on. And quite honestly, 
Vantage stocks are one thing, but domestic stocks are another. And Wayne keeps on talking about showing good value and being undervalued. And yes, by traditional metrics, they are very much so. But on the other hand, when I see things like Tiger Brands, when I see stories rather like Tiger Brands saying that 80% of the goods that they sell are sold on promotion, 20% yes. are you just go in and yeah. you, you pick something off the shelf and you don't worry mm. about the price. But people are very discerning in South Africa. Mm. South Africans are some of the best shoppers in the world from what I understand from retail analysts that I've spoken to. 80% are on promotion. And then when you have a look at the, uh, the much-vaunted uh, Capitec funeral plan policy, there are 70% of them uh, are in default after um, maybe three, yeah. three to yeah. six months. Yeah. And that tells you something. I, there, there is something rotten, and maybe we've, just, we've seen is. the worst, but there's something going on. No, in fact, I, I don't think we have seen the worst. What happens is it's like a resistant line. You know, you hold off and you hold off in your trench as long as you can, and eventually uh, there's a slight break and everything breaks up. And I think that's what's happening to our market. I think for far too long we have been overvalued and investments investors have been a little too – or sorry, analysts have been a little too optimistic and still rating companies at very high multiples. Uh, what's happening now is those multiples are being tested – and in fact, markets always overshoot. They never stop in the middle. The pendulum mm. goes from overvalued to undervalued, mm. whatever. So I think before we see what Wayne deems to be value, I think we're going to go into a period of gross undervaluation. But that could be very punishing on the market. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't, you know, I, I, you must let it run, or sorry, you know, investors must let it run its course. Don't try and catch it before it's actually fallen. And, and Lindsay, over the last week or so, two weeks, we've seen massive, and, and we've been let down and there's reason for this. We've seen mass smart, great, yes. netcare, sassel, blue label, you name it, sappy, sappy, which was one of the big hot stocks of last year and the year before, also completely sold down, coronation, you name them. And so we go to a number of companies that have just been, you, you set tigers, you know, uh, Mr. Price and so on. The property stocks also been totally uh, destroyed. But David, maybe they're being destroyed by foreign sellers and maybe the discerning buyers are people like Wayne and other local fund managers and they're stocking up as people just throw in the towel because let's face it, the overseas investor is interested in South Africa, but it's a tiny part of their emerging market portfolio. Yeah. So they'll just phone up the broker or press the sell button and yeah. sell in an indiscriminate manner, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And the other people just th th rely on South African stocks and they pick their levels. Maybe this is the final throwing in of the towel yeah. during the month of May. And when the overseas markets are quiet, maybe we can start picking up some bargains. I think we should have a debate with Wayne McCurry. Are you up for that? I, 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 think, I think you're a little too... You're a bit too optimistic for me, you know. I think no one's ever accused yeah, me of being I, optimistic. Trust me. I think so. I, 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 I'm, I'm a little more cautious than than you are, and I think that the underlying economy is a lot tougher than we are. We think it is. Now, there, there are two things, um, Lindsay. The one is that it's very easy. I, I'm very brave with other people's money. You know, I hmm. can take big risks with my own money. I'm a lot more cautious. And so from that point of view, I keep asking myself, you know, would I commit myself to the market? And my answer is no, not yet. You know, I'd be patient. I want to see it run its course. So I what are you in cash then? Is that what you're saying? You're in cash? In local portfolios, yes. Hmm. You know, where we're forced to be here, 
where uh, we have a big proportion of cash that we sold down for some time, some time ago. And I haven't been, I, I, I still think it's a bit too early to, to make the plunge into so-called value stocks. Mm. Um, and, and I just look, we, you know, I'm, I'm not a great chartist in the sense of, of making it a profession, but when it's, when the falls are perpendicular, then you've got to say, hold on, that's not a bottom. Bottoms, you know, I, I, I prefer what you could call a saucer bottom. Yes. In other, you know, it, 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 it forms like a saucer. Yes, I and know that's, what you mean. that's a proper bottom. You that's know, when people are accumulating, in other words. The, the big exactly. selling is gone, and there are some exactly. people who say there's more to go, but there's a wall of buying, and as you say, it creates that saucer, and then it starts to build. But it's a slow process, David. It's not going to be a, a V shaped re- recovery mm-hmm. a like, we, yeah. like we saw or in the SP 500. Yeah. Mm. No, no, it's not going to be like that. And that's when you feel more comfortable buying, and I think we're some time away from it. I think I, I think we spoke last week, or Lesetje Kachanyago in the uh, Reserve Bank, you know, when he kept rates unchanged, he did mention that the next move is probably going to be down. He lowered the growth rate here to 1%. Now, two meetings ago, that was at 1.8. Yeah. So he's almost half growth, and you say, hold on. What is he seeing that, we ha- that we're not seeing? Yes, he blamed it on a gold mine strike. Uh, he blamed it on other factors such as the you know, Eskom power. But I think there are big, big challenges ahead here that are going to take their toll on this market before we actually see that value turn around. So uh, uh, be patient. You know, I, don't, I don't think there's a need for us to rush in. A couple of things that have kept us booming or kept us bubbling over has been the uh, the iron ore price, you know, which yes. is over 100 now, 104, 105, and that's that's had a big impact on on the miners. It's uh, Anglo's and Billiton are big into iron ore, Kumba, Asor, uh, even Exara through its uh, session, you know, through um, Kumba is uh, and has got exposure there. And those are the ones that hold it, and today. I don't know whether you picked up a few minutes ago. Sabania have uh, shareholders have approved the Lonman deal. Yes, after so all these months. Big ga- yes, mm, mm, mm. big gain in both of those today, up up almost eight nine percent, I think, in either of them. I haven't checked the latest prices and that. So there are little things like that are just keeping us going. And 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 platinum shares, for reasons I cannot fathom, also very strong at the moment because platinum prices back at eight hundred. Uh, the Rand's weak, admittedly, but platinum has fallen all the way back there. But still, uh, there are a couple of factors like that that have kept us, you know, okay. Sassel 371 was in the mid 350s this morning, so that's up over 4%. Sibania up nearly 9% at 1225 as we pre record this interview. Uh, but on the other hand, you've got to say from where it's, where it's come, it was 15, 16 Rand uh, two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a, a short squeeze, I think, there. So I wouldn't mm. read too mm. much into that. But yes, uh, David, you make some uh, very good points. So, what are you doing? You're, with your own money, you're doing absolutely nothing. With your no. clients' money, you've got to expose them to risk because that's what they want and that's what your job mm. is. What do you, where, where would you go if I gave you a couple of million now, which I don't have, by the way? Uh, I, certainly not here. You know, I still remain very, very cautious about the South African market. A couple of companies have come out okay. Uh, Richemont's results were reasonable. Uh, Bitcore had very good numbers. And we've seen some smaller caps like Transaction Capital, Eltron um, doing, you know, doing fairly well. And Telcom's numbers came. I, I'm a bit cautious about Telcom. I see they're down about 5%. Yeah. I tried to read them yesterday, Lindsay, and I promise you, <laughs> I, 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 I honestly try to read them. I say, okay, I've got a half an hour to an hour or three quarters of an hour 
And unfortunately, if you haven't got a history on the accounts, in other words, if you haven't built a history on that, it's very difficult because so many of the numbers that came out were adjustments to previous numbers. What, what shook me a little bit was that their cash earnings were down and I couldn't reconcile the cash earnings with, with the numbers they disclosed, which, uh, and debt was up. So I'm, I'm, I think that, uh, the market might have been a bit head. You know, a lot of journalists eager to get out a column for the newspapers, just take, uh, what, what has come out and make those headlines. But I think <laughs> even though I, I like the chart there, I think that they're a bit overstated. And, uh, you know, could, could come down from where they are. But, but apart from that, uh, yeah, bulletins holding up on the iron ore price. If you talk to Wayne, Wayne's very cautious about cycles and, and worries that, you know, Vale, uh, the Brazilian producer will come on stream one day. And, uh, so the price, you know, supply will increase and the price will come down. So there are vulnerabilities even in that, but it's not an easy market. I still feel that if we're going to go anywhere, it's going to be uh, in foreign markets. I still feel much more comfortable uh, with those, despite what we're going through at the moment, which is a wall of worry. There's two things I want to, to mention. There's three things we have to uh, conclude this conversation on. The first thing is, and I don't want you to expand upon it, was the appalling murder of those two young people on the N12 well, near, near Benoni. I don't want to talk about that. I found it very distressing and depressing, and then it made me angry. I, I, or was it, um, yeah, it was it made me physically sick, first of all. After that, I became angry, and then I became depressed. We don't need to talk about that. But linked to that, I think, is the tourism numbers. Uh, people yeah. visiting South Africa from outside of South Africa fell 6.3% year on yeah. year. Yeah. That is a national disgrace because this yeah. could be the jewel yeah. in our economic yeah. crown. Yeah. And people should be but, visiting uh, South Africa in their droves. I mean, I've recently been yeah. to a European country and there's a, there's a bunch of cliffs there. And people walking along the cliffs. And they were, <laughs> and I, but there were thousands of people. There were Japanese, there were Italians, yeah, there were French, uh, there were Dutch. They, they were walking along yeah. this place. And we've got su such great natural resources. And yet well, our incoming visitors are down 6.3%. Please get a new tourism minister. Yeah. You, Comment you, on wait, that, please. That's, that's, well, very briefly, I think, I think people are not fooled by by the safety factor here. And uh, there are so many crimes that don't go reported. One of our analysts in traffic on Jansmatz Avenue uh, in Craigall was going home one evening and, and people and, and chaps with guns just walk up there and rob them. Mm. You know, literally rob them in front of everybody. Uh, that's how brazen it is. Um, it, it, and those are, the, those are crimes that are never reported. Right. You know, people don't talk about that. And you're in danger. They're holding guns at your head and, and forcing in mid traffic in the middle of, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's getting dark and that. So those are the kind of stories that circulate. Uh, and that's where we need to clean up dramatically. The police are, are, are a non-force here. You know, there's nothing they can do. Maybe they're shorter numbers. I'm not going to comment, but, uh, um, there's no, you know, there are no enforcers. So, so, yeah, it, it is a big factor. And then you've got, uh, you've got other issues as well. And we're a far destination, but we're not making it attractive for them to come. No, we're not. Finally, um, it's made it very attractive for Aston Villa to be in the Premiership because mm. the, apparently the payday from yesterday's match is £170 million. Pounds, yeah. And if you multiply that by 18.4, uh, you can work out how much that is in rands. That's more than the market cap of many companies on the JSC Securities Exchange. The other thing is... 
how, how I like Aston Villa. Do you? I'm glad they're back. Yeah, I've, I've always been a big fan of theirs. Oh. And I think with Arsenal, they, they were one of the teams that had been there forever. You and, and Prince I was William. Really sad to see them go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really worried to see them go. But I'm glad that they're back. I, I, I don't know. For, for Frank Lampard, though, I think that's great, you know, that he got Derby into those levels and that. Mm. I've always liked him. I think he's been a superb gentleman and a, a wonderful player. And for him, um, I'm, I'm a little sorry. The, the other story was the, the one, was the Sunderland story. I just feel for those chaps oh, going gosh. into first of, uh, <laughs> no, no. The fourth minute of injury time, Charlton score. I mean, oh, no, such a big oh, no, club and Charlton, no. such a small little South London club, oh, which no. I'm very fond of, by the way. I used to go there quite often, but anyway. I know. It's a Charlton Athletic. Charlie, Charlie Hurley used to. That was my coach at Vitz. Yeah. And he played, he played for South Africa, Charlie Hurley. He always used to tell us to couple off in threes. Couple off in threes, boys. <laughs> Final football point is that there's a chap called Ernesto Valverdez who's, who's has been coaching Barcelona oh, for two God. years. Go on, they they won La Liga. They won go. they won the double last year in Spain. They won La Liga. They were okay. They were stupid to lose to Liverpool in the UEFA Champions League. They weren't unlucky, but they were below par in the Copa del Rey, the Spanish Cup on on Saturday. But they've sacked him. But he's, still, he's won the league twice in a row, and they sack him. They're brutal in he Spain. Won, he won. He won it despite him. <laughs> I think. He, I think Barcelona were awful this year. Jeez, they well, they were in the awful. last. Uh, please don't, please don't tell me about Barcelona. <laughs> I know a bit more about you than <laughs> about them than you do. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's a cutthroat game in Spain. David, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you very much for okay. your time this evening. That was David Shapiro, and that was Shapiro World. Thank you. <laughs> that podcast was proudly brought to you in association with ShareNet.co.za.